It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Cole Thompson, back in the driver's seat, and we're getting ready for another game week as the Texas A&M Aggies, now number 24 in the country, will take on the top-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide in an SEC matchup that could really set some factors moving forward about deciding who could be representing the SEC West. When you look at this Aggie team right now, they need to probably win out in order to compete for that SEC West title. Their schedule got a little easier with the loss of Auburn this past week to Florida. Now each team is at a one-loss set with another potential setup where LSU could beat Alabama or Alabama could beat LSU later on down the line. And because of that, that would give that team also a loss. So everyone kind of comes in now with one loss and say Alabama loses to Auburn in the Iron Bowl, but AM is able to beat this Alabama team. If Auburn loses another game, that would make it easier for AM to go ahead and clean sweep the division. But they're going to have to go 10 and 2 in order to probably represent the SEC West down in Atlanta later on this year in the SEC Championship. For our show here on Locked on Aggies, every Tuesday show, we're going to talk a little bit about the press conference from the week before. Jimbo Fisher and the players meet with the media on Mondays to break down what happened the week before and also what to expect this upcoming week. So our Tuesday shows are really going to be based on that press conference and what we've seen and what we've heard and kind of breaking down some of the storylines that we can about what we can expect every single week. This week being Alabama, here's the biggest storyline. It's Alabama football. This is a 17-time national championship program under the direction of Nick Saban that has been dominant the past decade. When you think of college football right now, it's hard not to think of Alabama being that setting stone, that X-factor team, that team that really defines the era right now. Ever since the college football era began... This has been Alabama-based pretty much every year. While they haven't won it every year because we've seen them lose to Clemson, we've also seen them play Georgia, and we saw Ohio State take home the original college football playoff championship when they defeated Oregon, this is still Alabama's team. They have been to every single college football playoff. So that's kind of what you expect every single season, and that's why Alabama will enter pretty much every single game until Nick Saban retires or they start seeing a decrease in recruiting as the heavy favorites. Alabama enters this game against Texas A&M as an 18-point favorite. They're 5-0. Their offense is thriving under the direction of Tua Tungavailoa, and the four horsemen of the apocalypse pretty much is what you can call them, the Alabama wide receiving core, and Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, and Henry Ruggs III. But this A&M team could be that team that upsets Alabama. Keep in mind in 2012, when Alabama lost to Texas A&M, 
they were massive underdogs. And they did it at home because of the direction of Johnny Manziel. Well, Kellen Mond has the ability, I think, to beat this Alabama team. But it's really going to rely on great execution and proper play skills. And going back to the fundamentals that this Aggie team showed during fall camp. And that's exactly what Jimbo Fisher talked about today. Here were his thoughts on what they did during the bye week to get themselves better prepared for Alabama. Back to fall camp style practice. Back, they competed very hard. Compete uh, technically got better steps, alignments, assignments, hats. I mean, you know, first hat, first step and hat placement. You know, where your eyes went on defense. First step and hat placement on defense. How you fit around. I mean, we went back to really a lot of drills that allowed them to go back to those fundamentals and and not think about scheme. Just you know, half line drills, one on one drills, two on two drills. To really, you could technically do things and try to make things a better habit than they even were before. And I thought we did a good job of that. So Texas A&M decided to go back to the basics this past week to get themselves better prepared for a top-ranked opponent in Alabama. Part of the problem this season for A&M has been their fundamental game in the basic needs. You know, drop passes, incompletions that should have gone for massive gains, poor execution and blocking, uh, misdirection, miscommunication between the two units. This now is where... Jimbo and his staff were able to look at the film, what has been wrong this far in the season, and how do you better prepare moving forward? Because now A&M has dug themselves in a little bit of a hole to where they're going to have to kind of crawl out little by little in order to contend for an SEC West title. I very much like that game plan. What you're doing is you're going back and trying to fix those little things That could be the difference maker between really being a 5-0 team, maybe a 4-1 team, your only loss coming to instead Clemson. Maybe even you beat Clemson and you're undefeated right now and you're fighting in a top 10 spot with Alabama and probably with this win contending for a college football playoff ranking spot. We're just a few weeks away from the college football playoff rankings actually coming out and us seeing where each team would lie right now. So it's all about getting started right and having the proper skills to get yourself ready. Fisher later would comment on the fast start that they haven't been able to execute at in games such as Auburn and in games such as Clemson. So here were his thoughts on how starting fast against Alabama could be the ultimate X factor moving forward. And, you know, in the Auburn game, unfortunately, they were able to come down and score right off the bat. And then we get a drive and miss a field goal. And then they come back and we're able to get a drive. And, you know, and you get down. And like I say, you don't ever win games in the first five minutes, but you can put yourself behind the eight ball and make it very tough on how things go. And, and uh, you need to get out fast and start fast, which is good, which, you know, is something that we, I thought we did at Arkansas. We got out and we just got to, then you got to sustain. I mean, we got out, we, we drop a touchdown the first drive, and then we score a touchdown, score a touchdown. And then, uh, you know, then had two had a turnover and then get stopped on a three and out. And then we go back and score a touchdown. So I mean, just sustaining. And I think that 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 part of growing up and understanding that you know, once you get it, you got to keep keep executing in, in what you're doing. And defensively, the same way. I mean, not allow those big plays to happen. Not allow them to run the football. The, some of the tricks and some of the things we do, and and uh, play a little more consistently as a team, though. I mean, special teams, all of it. And it'd be great to get off to a great start, get in the game. Because like I say, this this crowd and the people here are phenomenal to play in front of. It's a great atmosphere. It's a great environment. Like I said, as good as I've been a part of. And But the key to that is we need to play well 
that makes them even happier and even juicier. <laughs> Execution is going to be key for Texas A&M this next week if they want to beat Alabama. You heard Fisher talk about what he believed was the big difference maker, and even though they were able to score on the next two drives against Arkansas, this Alabama team is not going to allow them to start off that way. So they're going to have to start the game fast, they're going to have to score, and they're going to have to make a big stop in order to do what Auburn did to them. They're going to want to have to take that next leap and that next jump in order to contend with the 17-time national champions. That's why Alabama is highly ranked. That's why Alabama is heavily favorite. So if AM can do what other teams have done to them and be able to start that game off right, this could be a very, very big game for the Aggies. Locked on Aggies would like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount up to $100. Remember that promo code is KICKOFF and you can receive up to a $100 discount for your next sporting event. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to listen to some of what the players thought and also what Jimbo Fisher believes could be a redemption story for Texas A&M, facing off again against the number one team in the country. This is Locked on Aggies with Cole Thompson. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Back in with Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast. Now we're Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M as they prepare for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, the players and Coach Fisher both addressed one of the biggest elephants in the room today because of this is somewhat a redemption story for Texas A&M. They went to Clemson, South Carolina to face off against the defending national champions and number one team in the country, Clemson Tigers. And because of a slow start, because of a turnover in the red zone, because of the rushing by Travis Etienne, Clemson was able to pick up the win. Last season, AM was down late and was able to make a late comeback push to make it a closer game, but ended up still losing to Clemson for the first loss of their season. Well, same thing happened again this year. It was the second game of the year, and just it was miscommunication, it was poor execution, and now they have a chance because of Clemson's mishaps this season to go and host the defending national champions and dethrone them. Jamon Osman probably said it best on what to expect when Alabama comes through Kyle Field. To realize that, you know, it's just football. So it's not the first time we've been there, like you said. But I think for a guy like me and a guy like older guys, I think the biggest thing is just laying that message to young guys that play a huge role in this team. So, uh, like I said, we've been there before, and there's not anything else in football at the end of the day. So, just lock in at the highest level. Because AM has been at this level already, they kind of know what the expectation is against these powerhouse teams. They're going to be underdogs. They're going to be the guys who are not looked upon as favorites to win these kind of games. And at the same time, they're also the guys who are going to have to be probably on perfect point. Where a team like Alabama could throw maybe an interception, that would be Tua's first of the year, by the way, 
But they could throw an interception, maybe have a fumble, maybe have a pick six, maybe have a couple sacks allowed. They're going to be able to still probably pick up those pieces and continue to drive downfield and put points on the board. Because that's what we've seen all season from this team. And that's why the committee, the AP voters, coaches poll, has voted Alabama number one. So for AM, they're going to have to be on point all game long in order to show the committee, to show the fans, and to show the remainder of the SEC, hey, we're contenders. We still belong in the conversation as one of the better teams in the conference. Our schedule's tough, but we now know, after facing already one number one team this year, what to expect. So, according to reports as well, this is the first time in 10 years that a team will face a number one team twice in a season. So, A&M not only is going to be the first team since 1975 to play the preseason top three by the AP poll, but they're also going to be the first team in 10 years to face a team who has been ranked number one twice in a season. So here are Coach Fisher's thoughts on that stat and also what this story could mean for Texas A&M. your advantage you got opportunities you just got to look at those opportunities and then to go play you've been in that environment once now you get to do it at home hopefully you'll you'll learn from those situations and learn that you know those number one teams are number one for one reason they play very well at the end of the day you say all the things you do they play well and that's what you got to do that's what we have to do go play well king get caught up in what we're trying to do the emotion of the game you technically and physically and psychologically got to compete against the guy in front of you and you got to win more plays than he wins and win more and then the key plays in the game at the end of the day when you get right down to it. It doesn't become anything that's, that's something you can't do, and that's hopefully you got to understand that, and you block out the clutter and eliminate everything else, and no matter if they're number one or they're number two or they're number 20 or they're number 120, you still got to go play the game, and you got to play it the same way as far as how you approach it. It doesn't matter. And uh, hopefully we've learned that, and we'll just relax and play. And Now, knowing your opponent is very talented and very good, but at the same time, you can't deal with it. you got, you got to play up to your capabilities. What Coach Fisher is saying here is that it doesn't matter who the competition is. It doesn't matter who plays who. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to several plays in every single game. And those are the game-defining moments. Is Texas A&M going to be able to make more game-defining moments than Alabama? And those can come in multiple ways. Those can come in defensive stops against a powerhouse offense. Those can come in touchdowns against a solid defense. Those can come in establishing a very solid run game, something that Alabama is very good at stopping. It's something A&M has not been able to do this season. Those are all things that can happen. And if they don't, it doesn't matter if Alabama was the worst team in the country or if they were the number three team in the country or sitting at number one. That's going to define the game. So it's a really nice, refreshing motive to hear a coach not worry about who is number one or how they were. Just go out and do your job. If you can do that, you're going to be able to be successful. You're going to be able 
to probably pick up points. And at the end of the day, you're going to be able to probably have a chance to win. Those are things that you can respect about Fisher. And being able to play in the SEC, especially in the SEC West, and seeing a team like Alabama consistently season in and season out, there's more film on these guys and there's more experience you can see, especially from a guy like Tua, who A&M has already faced before in their in his backyard, my correction. Now he has to go to their backyard, another dangerous place to play in the SEC. And because of that, this could be a moment where Tua maybe slips up in that Heisman voting race, that Heisman contending race, that maybe this is why some teams are worried about him at the next level. All those things can be factors. When we come back on the next bit and the final bit of Locked on Aggies episode for this week, we're going to break down a little bit more from what the players had to say about Alabama. And we're going to talk a little bit about that dangerous wide receiving core that Alabama has in place. This is Locked on Aggies with Cole Thompson. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Final segment of Locked on Aggies, Tuesday's episode. I'm your host, Cole Thompson, back in the driver's seat. We're discussing everything you need to know from the press conference and from the player interviews Monday surrounding Alabama versus Texas A&M. Let's just go and talk about this for a second. It's Alabama. It's Alabama. This is the team that is pretty much Thanos of college football. They can end you in a snap. And they can wipe out your offense or wipe out your defense. So have your game plan. Yeah, I like that pun. In a split second. But one thing that also, just because my love of comics, is that movie X-Men Apocalypse was horrendous. But they did bring up something really, really promising that's also in the Bible. That's, you know, we won't talk about that. But it's, it's prominent in today's society. And that's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Alabama kind of has that with Tua leading the way as Apocalypse himself and his four horsemen being Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, and Henry Ruggs III. Those four have combined for 18 touchdowns this year of Tua's 23, and they are leading in every single category across the board for wide receivers. And while they may not be an elite unit, they are, even though their stats don't say it. And that kind of says it in its own. They don't have to be their own stars. They don't have to be their own crazy, you know, one big name guy and then the rest kind of just be role players. They all are role players in their own way. And because of that, that's what makes this team even more deadly than what we've seen in years past. So here were Coach Fisher's thoughts on his cornerbacks having to deal with with Alabama's wide receivers. They don't have their hands full, which I think they're looking for the challenge. Uh, those guys have done a really nice job. The length, the size, learning to control their bodies, learning how to not just be athletes, be football players. See, that, and that's, that's a misconception something. Well, he's big, he can run, he's athletic. Well, that doesn't mean you play football. Football is a learned behavior of how to play the game, the, the mental part, the psychological part, the competitive part, and the technical part. That's the thing, the technical parts of football and how you cover your angles, things you do. I mean, for that example, I mean, playing a corner, and they think just because a big guy's big. And those guys have really done a nice job of taking the coaching and looking at film, getting better, and have been very competitive with each other, and, and I think have done a really, really nice job. All right, Coach. 
Coach Fisher really is implementing the fact that it doesn't matter the size of the cornerback. It matters the skill of them. And because of that, those are things that when you look at, they're going to need to play with the top-level skill against these wide receivers at Alabama. Every receiver in Alabama's core is dangerous in their own way. One has amazing hands, and that's Jerry Judy. He doesn't have great speed, but he has enough speed that he's going to be able to make you miss in the open field and break up field for a touchdown. His agility and his athleticism is what's going to be the difference maker. Then you have a guy like Henry Ruggs who's all speed. He can turn that little swing route into a 40-50 yard gain. And that could end up being the difference maker that really stands out for Alabama. Jalen Waddle does a little bit of everything, and because if he's a smaller guy, he can fit in those small windows and be able to break free for big gains. And then Devonta Smith's your big splinet. He's a guy who will go up and make defenders have to guard him in man coverage. And if they are not ready for that, they're going to get burned all over. So because of those things that Alabama's wide receiver room can do, it's a very big compliment by Fisher to say that these quarterbacks are ready for the challenge against these four guys. If they're able to cause Tua to miss, and they're able to make him even not even throw an interception, maybe just completely miss his targets, that's another swing and a big step in the direction for AM to possibly pull off this upset. But it's all going to rely on those cornerbacks limiting the production of these four guys. Also, it's just Alabama. These guys are just excited to play against this team. When you look at the history of Alabama as a whole, with Bear Bryant, with Gene Stallings, with what we've seen in the past decade, two Heisman Trophy winners in Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry, this is the epitome and this is who, when we hear the we want Bama chance, A&M's going to get that shot. And here was Carson Green on his thoughts of practice, knowing who they're playing this week. Every win's just a win itself, you know, but uh, being a top team is going to be a big deal, especially not a lot of people get to say they face the number one team. We get to say we get to, we get to face the number one team twice, and it's two different teams, and that's a big deal, kind of giving us an opportunity to be able to do that, you know. Alabama's a great team. We're a great team. So it's just whoever wants it the most. The final thought before we let you guys go is A&M and their players know how important this game is. Because it's not important to maybe win, but it's important to show why expectations were so high and why the future of this program is in good hands with Jimbo Fisher and his staff. If they're able to compete with Alabama, a team that consistently is at the top, a team that's consistently in the SEC championship, and a team that maybe could be starting to slip up just a little bit after this year, with a veteran staff coming back, a majority of these players going to be a part of this program moving forward, this could be exactly what A&M needs. Everyone wants to win right now. That's just what everyone's thoughts are. But that doesn't always happen because some teams just are in that win-now mode. Other teams need to play the long game. Even if 
A&M loses, if they show that they are ready to compete and be considered at that level, that's a win in a way. Because last year, they only lost by two points to the now defending national champions. If they lose by two points, maybe four points to Alabama, pretty impressive. Especially if they're able to contain that offense and make the defense that's very young. They have playmakers, but it's still a young defense that had to reload after what they lost last year and the year before in the NFL draft. They can do that. That's a major win for the program, and I think that's something that A&M fans have to be proud of. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Make sure you're following us at social media at Aggies SI. You can also follow us on LockedOnPodcast.com to listen to all the great podcasts found there. There's a bunch from NFL, NBA, NHL is coming up, MLB. We're in the middle of the playoff season for MLB, and especially in Texas, you have the Houston Astros competing for another World Series champion. And as always, you have college football. And there's always something to talk about with college football. This has been Locked on Aggies with Cole Thompson. We'll see you next time, sports nerds. And remember, gig them. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.